Anthony May. Um, I'm an assistant professor um, at Coventry University, um, largely teaching sport management, research into culture of football and various other sports as well, football being one of the key things I've, I've published in. I'm not going to give you a long list of my publications because that would be incredibly dull. Um, what I'm going to talk about is um, Fever Pitch by Nick Hornby. Um, probably needs very little introduction if you're listening to the Football Collective podcast, but I'll give you a little bit of um, introduction anyway. So it's basically a kind of memoir of support. Um, Nick Hornby's an Arsenal fan. Um, you can choose whether you hold that against him or not. Um, published 1992. Um, obviously a very significant year for football in England and therefore it has become quite heavily linked to, I suppose, the what we could arguably call the gentrification of football or at least the um, wider commercialisation of, of the sport. Um, it's split up into small sections, each one focusing on a particular game or a particular memory. So it's not really like a a novel in the traditional sense. In fact, it's not really like a novel at all. It is more like um, a series of almost journalistic impressions of um, how games have developed and what the meaning was to Nick Hornby. So it's as much um, a discussion of his own feelings about football as it is a discussion of the games themselves. I remember <laughs> reading it in the winter of 1993 or maybe the... Uh... Early, uh, yeah, certainly, or early nineteen ninety four. My final year at university, I was sharing a flat with a lad who now works for the Guardian, Andy Hunter, Merseyside football correspondent. I remember everything I wrote after that was in the Nick Hornby style because it completely transformed how I saw people writing about sport. Yeah, it's um, it's had a, a fairly sort of at the time that I read it. So I, I, I read it probably during my master's degree, which was two thousand and. 2004 um, because I wanted to write my uh, dissertation on it initially and then I realised that there was not necessarily enough material um, that I could get away with on an English literature course to to discuss in and of itself. I found that the impact of it on my writing was quite short term because it's really difficult to copy the style. It looks, it's deceptively simple. It looks like the kind of thing that if you've got any training, if you're a train writer, if, if you're a student who's on a literature course, it looks like the sort of thing, or a journalism course, it looks like the sort of thing you should be able to do yourself. But actually there's something stylistically about it that I think is quite difficult to replicate, um, partly because if anyone reads it, they will then go, OK, well, that's, that's Nick Hornby style, so cheers for copying Nick Hornby. But, um, yeah, it is, I think, the way that he puts things together is, I think, it's quite, it is quite sort of clever um, in its innate simplicity, but also how much he manages to fit into a small space. So you get not just impressions of how the, the game panned out, um, the crowd, um, but also what it meant to him. So being able to put a quite... Um, significant emotional experience in some cases into very few words is, I think, an impressive stylistic achievement. Yeah, you can tell that he's very influenced by, you know, American writers like Annie Rice and people like that. Um, 
Paul Auster and people like that. That it, it, that and also the fact that he's able to do he's able to explore bigger themes, which is like you know what it is to be a man, relationships with our father, notions of class are all in that. And I think he got looked down on because for being middle class, didn't he? And these being middle class concerns. Yet fast forward what thirty odd years now, and every kind of learned football hooligan stroke casual stroke ultra is producing their touching childhood memoir of what Liverpool insert club here means to them yeah it's it's it, I think that's fair comments it's sort of it's not like he's not aware that he's middle class as well I mean it, it references it a lot um and I don't think it means that the what he discusses is, is of any less value but yeah you're right I mean there's there's value in being the first or one of the first and then everything that's kind of come out since it has to refer back to, to Hornby stuff and a lot of it isn't in the same class, is it, if we're if we're if we're being sort of brutally honest. Um I don't read the Hooligan memoir stuff myself because um I supported Birmingham City in the nineteen eighties, late nineteen eighties. And I just found those people quite terrifying. So I don't really want to read about that kind of thing. Um, I'm, I own two cafetiers, so I'm happy to, <laughs> to, um, to be probably on the middle class side. And let's be honest, I'm, I'm a career academic. I'm not mixing it with uh, with Slasher and Razor um, down on Wasteland. But um, yeah, I, I, I'd agree that it's, it's become kind of a touchstone and one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it was because I think sometimes it gets a, a bad rap. I can see why um, in some ways there are some sections that I don't think have stood up terribly well. But yeah, mostly I, I think it's had such a huge influence that it, it's incredibly hard to ignore. If you're looking at cultural reflections on football, then I think Fever Pitch has to be mentioned for sure. I think the first two pages are some of the best writing I've ever read. You know, we're saying you're you're lying in bed on a Saturday morning, and and your partner, you know, turns over and says, "What are you thinking about?" And you say, "Milan Kundera or something like that, or you know, or or Ian McEwen. And actually, what you're really thinking about is like a David Rucastle volley into the top right hand corner. It's, it's I thought it's just a brilliant kind of uh, it, it was a brilliant thing to spot observation. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it grabs you straight away. Um, well, it does. I don't know what it would be like to read if you're not a football fan, actually. Um, I've, I've not really, because I know so few people that are not football fans that it kind of would almost end up being a redundant conversation. Um, I have been, been asked the question about what are you thinking about and probably the answer more times than was, would be socially acceptable would be Stern John. Um, <laughs> you know, um, that that's probably probably best that I'm in isolation to be honest but um, yeah it's um, yeah it do, I think it does grab you straight away and as I say I don't know what it would be like whether it would grab a non-football fan in the same way but I think it might um, I think it, it would become something that you would want to read through for the emotional um, discussions for the, the kind of the the analysis of the and it is kind of analysis it's kind of logically developed of um, his emotional attachment to, to the sport um, so even if you don't care about football and you don't care about Arsenal which personally I don't 
um, I think it would still grab you as a stylistic achievement. Well, the first thing is, A, it, it really kicked open, you know, a whole industry. That kind of everything else that has followed. And, and let's be honest, you know, if you go into any WH Smiths or go into any big Waterstones and count the number of books that are touching memoirs of a man's obsession with something. Yes. You know, 1992 is, is the yeah. year gen is the genesis date for that, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is. It, yeah, one one man's attachment to his allotments or whatever. Yeah, it's, um, it is very much that, for better or worse. Um, Although I, I must admit I do read more more of those than is uh, than is probably good for me. Um, a lot less of the um, sort of Marxist theory that I ought to be reading as a as a solid uh, politics graduate, and um, yeah, a lot more of my journey across Europe with uh, some agricultural implements. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of that sort of. And yeah, and I, and I do quite quite enjoy it for its inherent ridiculousness. And there are parts of Fever Pitch that are ridiculous, but he at least admits I am being ridiculous, um, which which I find reassuring that he's aware that some of what he does is is not or should not be socially acceptable. Because whenever people say it's like what Pele said, it's twenty two. Well, that's the old Harry Pearson joke. It's, it's, it's as uh, Pele said, it's just 22 twats chasing around a bladder full of air. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's really all it is, really, at the, at the, at the, at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. And I suppose at the moment we're all kind of finding out how bothered we are about watching those 22 twats. Um, plus, substitutes are also the same description. Um, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, you can, I suppose it's sort of a football becomes a canvas and you paint on it what you want it to be. Um, there'd be times where I guess many people listening would have seen football as something that's more important than maybe it, it ought to be. Um, obviously, there's debates at the moment about whether we should be finishing this season. Um, I'm aware I'm talking to a Celtic fan, so you'll have a view. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's some, something that, and the, the, I suppose the question of should we care about that? Well, yeah, because we cared like two weeks ago, right? So why would we not care now? Um, but yeah, I, I think one of the things that Hornby does quite well is to discuss something that clearly matters hugely to him and then take a step back. Well, mostly he does this well. Take a step back and analyse it from what is supposed to be a kind of logical perspective which I find interesting otherwise the book is just the appears to be just the ravings of a madman <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening Nick I'm sorry 